who knows where it goes when the beer flows well. We're heading stateside tonight as we're looking at my favourite sport, Gaz's favourite sport, our guest's favourite sport, and we'll get to Dave later and find out what his favourite sport is. <laughs> so without further ado, Gaz, tell us what we're going to be talking about. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, the world. Really looking forward to this. It's one of my favourite subjects to talk about. As Adam has sort of alluded to already, we're going to be talking about the NFL and everything associated and to do with the NFL. We're going to look at franchises in the UK. We're going to look at potential European conferences. We're going to talk to our guest who's going to give us an absolute insight into what it's like from a sort of media point of view so absolutely fascinated to hear what that is so i'm really 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 looking forward to this episode indeed me too you know we love the nfl here and we're going to be talking like gad says about the games that are played on british soil so dave which baseball films you've been watching this week <laughs> very funny i don't know i'm sure i'll be able to throw one reference into nfl that's nothing to do with the nfl but I, you know i learned loads on the last episode we did Absolutely tons. I feel. Tell us something you learned then. Tell us something you learned, Dave. I learned about the uh, the QBs, the quarterback, the GMs, the general manager. The draft is like a massive show that just starts with people being filmed for fitness, for running, jumping, squats, the whole thing. They all get scored on cards. They get millions of interviews, uh, and then it's like a massive game show. Indeed, okay. indeed. So he has learned something. He has learned something. Yeah. So just before we say hi to our guest, hello to my cousin Bo, who is watching there. So Liz, did you want to say hello and tell us a little bit about how you got into the NFL? Yep. So I, it's, it's a bit of a silly story. When I first met my husband in 2012, he was basically, he wasn't my husband, obviously then, he's my husband now. He was watching a game and I was like, oh, okay, being from Warrington, rugby league town. I was like, okay, there's some similarities in this and... It just kind of started to get hooked straight away. The first game I ever saw, it was the Seahawks. I can't remember who they were playing. But what I really, really liked was kind of like the cocky attitude of Richard Sherman, the whole Legion of Boom thing. So I committed straight away. I committed before I even knew what the heck was going on. And I started to blog about it in 2014. And then, yeah, here I kind of am where I am, doing my own thing, loving the sport. And, yeah, that's me in a nutshell, really. <laughs> I'm totally lost now. So you've just said loads of things in that first sentence. Names, places, teams, and that's it. I've gone. I've gone straight away. I'm back at square one. Surely, surely you know, surely you've heard of Seattle. Oh, the place. But yeah. there, there wasn't just, you said Seattle Seagulls or something. Seahawks, Seahawks, <laughs> darling. Seahawks. Is that a bird, a Seahawk? It's a fake bird. It's not even a real bird. It doesn't exist. What chance have I got? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's not even a real bird. No, it's oh, not, though. No. It's not, no. But, but it, it is a real team. Well, it's a, and it's, it's a, a very successful team as well, and a good team to follow. Yeah. If, if you don't follow aside from Pittsburgh, then we'll we'll allow it. So, <laughs> like, Gaz and I, like Gaz said, so Gaz got into watching it in the 80s. You know, I think I started watching it round about the same time. Started following the Steelers for rather erroneous reasons, but we've covered that on, on other podcasts. Well, just recently, and well, I say just recently, going back over the last last 10, 15 years, the NFL has been sharing the love and sharing the games, actual regular season games, Dave. So not just friendlies and playing them on British soil. And it is very, very exciting to see. And it is a spectacle when you're going to get involved. So which was the first game then that you went to see? Me? So I, uh, first game I went to see was 2014, Atlanta Falcons and Detroit Lions. 
and I already at this point had like a good love for Detroit Lions. They just being the underdog even then, and not anymore. They're doing all right now, but um, yeah. So that's the first game I ever saw. We'd gone up, I think, over on the Friday or the Saturday, and they did a whole takeover at uh, Trafalgar Square, which was awesome. So they did like player interviews. They had like you know a good few players from each squad kind of turn up and cheerleaders to the Lions, and it was just it was such a cool atmosphere and. For that first exposure of going to my first game, yeah, it was really cool. It was really just good to see and just, yeah. I think the Americans, for example, don't realise how many jerseys they're going to see at these kind of games, whereas for us, that's totally normal to see every jersey. Like, we kind of like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we love to see that, don't yeah. we? It's, it, it's funny enough, when whenever we've spoken to them as well, we've kind of said that, it's it's a great spectacle that you can get so many people from representing all those different teams and it is good and it's a friendly conversation. There's some plenty of banter yeah. and plenty of ribbing each other. Whereas if you were to do that with the English Premier League sides, yeah. bloodbath. You just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the first the first time we went down, we, we went down I think this Saturday morning, the the fan rally they took over um Trafalgar Square and we sort of walked in and we were just saying just before we, we came live, you know, the, the first time we went, you needed a game ticket to get into the, the fan rally. So it was genuine game fans, I suppose. And, and the atmosphere was incredible. And, and, and people, were, they were singing and there was, there was dancing and, and there was banter. There was a guy falling in a fountain and all sorts of stuff going <laughs> on. And, and, you know, that was just the first five minutes sort of thing. And, you know, and it was, it's such a good atmosphere. And, and everybody had a little bit to drink and, and, but nothing, as Adam said, you know, th- there was no malice. It was just everybody there for, for the same reason, just to go and enjoy the game. Yeah. And I think, and and I think, as you said, Liz, I think it, because it was because it was back in the day, there was only one game that was like the, yeah. the, the focal point, and and then it was like ev- every NFL fan in the UK went to that game. Whereas now, obviously, you, you get your choice of sort of three or four yeah. games, really. So, but no, back I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it, and and I think it. Not rekindle my love for it because I've always loved the NFL, but actually looking forward to that weekend and going yeah. down for that weekend. Yeah. And I said, me and Adam went, you know, we, we went down for years. Unfortunately, not being able to get tickets for the last few years just because just of the demand, really. So look forward to going again. Yeah. And, and like, like Gas says there, there is a real demand. In terms of like the demand for the game, it's enormous in the UK now, isn't it? And yeah. Trying to get all the tickets is a real challenge. So, can you explain to people who've not had any interaction with the game just how huge it is and what the attraction is? Yeah, I mean it's it's absolutely massive. I mean, every single year now, I feel like for certainly for as long as I've been a fan, those tickets sell out instantly. So you've got Wembley. I'm pretty sure Wembley is around eighty thousand. You've got Tottenham now, which is around sixty thousand a game, and yeah, it sells out every single time. Does it sell to the right people? Not always, because there's definitely a lot of tickets on reseller sites. But I think with the way that Ticketmaster is changing things now, it is starting to be harder to, harder to make money off tickets, if that makes sense. So hopefully tickets are now ending up in, in the right kind of hands. But yeah, it's it's massive. It's just, yeah, it's absolutely crazy how big it's grown and, and how much it just continues year on year as well. Yeah, it's it's utterly... It's mind-blowing for us, and like you say, the fact that we can't get tickets is probably indicative yeah. of just how many people are actually there and want to be and want to be part of that spectacle. But there is, like I say, there is that sort of real American razzle-dazzle. So to get people into the game originally, those tickets were really quite cheap, weren't they? I think we started off paying 50, 60 pounds. I think about yeah. 50 billion, yeah. Yeah, whereas now, whereas now the tickets we're paying were typically about 120, 130, weren't they? Yeah. 
but you get your money's worth. I will say that. You know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not dogging on it. I do think it's a fantastic spectacle. But stuff like stuff like the 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 day before, so the, what, the on Regent Street and Trafalgar Square that you mentioned, that was yeah. there to try and attract people and bring people in, wasn't it? And I think this was all part of their marketing scheme. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So this year, this year and last year, actually, last year it they did like a a fan rally, if you will, at South Bank. This year it was at Battersea Power Station, and it's just awesome. So you you whichever one you walk up to it, they've got the helmets for every single team. They've got like a really perfectly positioned like frame, so you can stand in it and get your picture done with I don't know whatever's in the background. So Battersea Power Station, and it you know the the, the shot itself looks really cool. And then they've got things like activations. It's such a brand term, a marketing term, but basically parts where you can be a quarterback, you can be a wide receiver, you can be a kicker, punter, whatever. There's loads of little things that you can do whilst you're there that are just cool. And interestingly this year, so bear in mind, this the activation that was done at Battersea was Bill's Jags. And I don't understand why this was there, but there was like, Tents for Jets, tents for Vikings, tents for other teams, like two other teams. Can't remember who they were off the top of my head, but it wasn't just about the Jags and the Bills. So it was quite it was quite interesting that it it is still going for all types of fans. And the Americans are traveling really well to these games as well now, which is really interesting. So going back to the whole ticket scenario, this obviously the season ticket holders for those teams get offered first first dibs, if you will. Then it comes to season ticket holders for the UK season ticket holders. And then it's kind of a bit of a free reign of who's kind of what what's left, really. Yeah. And then as it gets closer to the games, the allocation that, say, America, for example, had then gets opened up again to British fans. So it's kind of one of those things where you kind of just have to be on it. So in the scenario where you, you, know, you miss out in the first place, you sort of, you're a bit disheartened and don't want to try again, do you? But it's definitely worth worth a shot again, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been amazing to kind of witness the evolution. To be honest, of of how they've done these pre-game activities, because like we said, we've got three or four games a year now, and we can only really do the big the big fan rally before one of them. I think it'd be too expensive for them to try and do it for every single one. But what they do do to kind of, I guess make up for it is things like the around the nfl podcast that they'll do live or they'll do a nfl uk live with roger goodell and a couple of players so there's a lot there's always lots of different things that are going on which is great and i think more brands are trying to get involved as well with you know being able to get in front of the right audience for them to be honest and be able to open up to new fans that say we're into that brand of clothing that is now doing nfl stuff and it just sort of all plays into it to build up even further. So it is, it's definitely interesting to see how it's grown in those different ways. I think the thing for me was sort of one, the first couple of the, that we went to, it sort of introduced me really to like the, the, the typically American sort of razzmatazz and how they put on a show. And, yeah. you know, we, we've been to, you know, we've been to premiership football games and I've been to other sporting events and, and you, you go for the game and, almost that's it. Whereas with the yeah. NFL, there was all of the hullabaloo and the razzmatazz and you've got, and, and you, you've got your cheerleaders, you've got you, you've got your, your drum line, you've got your, your mascots running up and down. You've got your t-shirt guns, you've got all sorts, you've got a half time show, you know, you've got all sorts going on. And actually, I think what, 
what's happened is there's been an evolution in football in the UK and, and other sports in as much as that they're trying to bring a little bit of that in. So there's much, yeah. much more surrounding other sports. And I think the NFL have led that because they've always put on that that fantastic show. And you really do feel as though you get value for your money because whilst the game time is 60 minutes, you know, what, what you get is you get two and a half, three hours and you get all the halftime stuff. You get your razzmatazz. As I say, you know, you know, you get a lot of stuff surrounding the actual game. You get you, you get your big screen replays. You, you get yeah. your interaction with your referees and all, all, the whole thing. And I think there's so many other sports trying to evolve their enjoyment and entertainment. But the NFL did that first. Yeah. And that was the yeah. thing that I noticed when we first went down. It was like, wow, look at this. And it was like, you know, how cool is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were, like I say, the, 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 first time, the first time that we went down, I think as I said, was the Bears, uh, Buccaneers game. I'm not a fan of either of those teams. But just to be a part <laughs> of it. And the, and the razzmatazz, like Gaz said about it, it's fantastic. It sucks you yeah. in the whole thing, the music. And and don't get me wrong, you know, I think if you were to go to a US game, it's probably quite far away from what how they do it over there with their tailgating. I'd love to experience that. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, just yeah. interesting. Have you ever been to a game in the states? I have. Yeah. So I did it was 2016. It was Giants Saints. We've gone to New York. And we've made sure we were going to be there at least from Wednesday to Tuesday in case there was a game Thursday night or Monday night. Thankfully, it was a Sunday. Yeah, so it's 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 mega. Like, I mean, it's just different to here. Like, we don't have that big space around a stadium. So we were, we'd heard about this thing. It was a Giants game. We heard about this thing called I don't know, the Big Blue Tailgate or something like that. We're just walking around the car park trying to find this thing. We've got no idea where we're going. We're literally asking. People who are at the cars like, oh, we're trying to find the big blue together. and they're like, well, it's we're not it, but you can join us if you want. Like they're so friendly and like, wow, they know you're a Brit, so they're like, okay, this will be cool. Like, come join us type thing, and it's just it's awesome. So we eventually found the tailgate, and there was like former players there, barbecues, loads of drinks, and it's all like it's it's unlimited basically. You're there for however long before the game, and you can go there again with as well, and it's just cool. And the game is like the stadium experience. It's yeah, it's different to the UK. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember there being a halftime show or yeah. things like that. But it was just cool to experience it. I mean, it's a very different stadium to what we have here. It's very open. I had to go buy a hat because that sun was on me, and I was like, okay, I can't handle this. I'm gonna burn. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool. It was a really good experience, and I really enjoyed it. I suppose the only it's obviously it's so different to the UK, like going to Wembley or going to Tottenham. I know I can get home. I know I can jump. I can walk and get on a tube. Definitely can't do that in New Jersey. <laughs> you, we had to like get a taxi. You can definitely get buses. But we just didn't know where we were going. We were just, we were just new. We didn't know what we were doing, but I would definitely love to go. There's loads of games I want to go to. Like we've talked about doing like a West coast road trip and say starting off at either Seattle or San Fran and just, driving our way down the coast and going to as many college football games, high school games, NFL as we can, and just experience it because it's so, so different. I mean, I'd love to see college and, and high school. I mean, it's just their yeah. audience is even bigger. Their stadiums are even bigger. So I just think, I mean, it's their sport. They've played it since they were kids. It's very different for us, if that makes sense. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, highly recommend it. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're talking about his, Dave, I don't know if you can imagine this, but the, the stadiums <laughs> they have at some of the colleges, Dave, are larger than some of the Premier League stadiums. They are yeah. absolutely vast. I was in Texas in the summer. I forget which one. I think we might have gone past the Longhorn stadiums, and it was ridiculous. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely mm-hmm. massive. Uh, and yeah. like I say, and, it, and what I would suggest you do, if you if you haven't seen it before, jump online, have a look at some of those games just to start off. Like, say, for example, Virginia Tech. Just watch the start off when they bring their teams out because it is fantastic. <laughs> You're familiar with the song, Enter Sandman by Metallica. That's oh, literally what I've got in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you, can't, you can't watch that without the, the hair standing up on the back yeah. of your arms yeah. it is, it's it's something it's something to behold i think yeah. i think i mean I, i've said before on a, a again a couple of different nfl podcasts my, my number one sort of sporting bucket list really is to go watch the bears play at soldier field i would absolutely yeah. i would i can't tell you how much I, I want that to happen and i know there was talk about the bears sort of moving away from soldier field and they were looking at you know, sort of not moving out of Chicago and moving the whole franchise, but just moving stadium. And I'm like, no, don't do it. I want to go Soldier Field. And, and you know, I, I think I think pick, pick your date because it could get quite cold if you go the yeah. wrong time of year. You know, but yeah, yeah it, it for me it, it is number one. Just to a they're my team and b yeah, ju- just experience a game in America would be it would be absolutely it would be cool. Yeah, yeah, do, they, yeah. do they sell out in America? Do they sell out these games like the top premiership games? Quite interesting. Yeah, so. It, if for for example, if the game doesn't sell out, they don't show it in, on TV locally. So the team has to give away their allocation of tickets. They have to have no tickets left, kind of thing. So it is quite interesting in a scenario. I mean, I suppose say it's a, either a Monday or a Thursday. I suppose that's the one where it's going to be the hardest to. I suppose sell out in a way, but yeah, it's it definitely. Yeah, they they basically give away tickets to schools if they don't, for example, sell their allocation. But yeah, that's quite an interesting way of doing it, to be honest. Yeah, so they can't <laughs> show it on tally unless the stadium's yeah. full. Yeah, that, I mean, because in in the UK with football, there's always this massive argument, isn't it? You can't play, you can't show games at three o'clock because nobody yeah. go and watch it. But if you yeah. just applied that simple rule, fill the stadium, or you can't yeah. show the game. If you fill it, you can show yeah. the game. Why not? There's no problem yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but he still probably can't give away tickets for Everton. I don't imagine. <laughs> there has to be a dig because there somewhere. <laughs> yes, we. Yes, we, we. Everton are bad, and yes, the Bears are bad. Yes, I know. Yeah. There's, a There's a correlation. So, in terms of your experience as well, your your experience this year, especially, hasn't just been that of a fan, has it? You've had a you know, little yeah. bit of media experience. You want to tell us about that? Because Gaz and I, I can tell you for one, we're very <laughs> envious of this, aren't we? Very envious and very interested in how you got into it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so I suppose how I got into it. I mean, I've been writing since 2014, and with the, with my own podcast and things like that. And I've also got a show with Sky with with two other girls that I'm a guest host on. And I suppose it's just that experience over the year that decided to apply for credentials properly this year, got approved for the first time, which is absolutely incredible. And I've managed to do some little media bits before, but this was an interesting experience because this was the build-up and going to the game itself. So that was just different anyway. I've always gone as a fan, so it was interesting to not... I suppose it was interesting to feel like I was working this time, if that makes sense. Started Each one started on Friday. Well, no, let's start with game one. So Jags, Falcons. I went along to the Falcons training kind of practice on the Friday. 
that was held at a private boys high school maybe a high school I'm pretty sure it was and they've got amazing facilities anyway so the Falcons are there they are practicing you get to go out to the field for around five minutes ten minutes most while they're doing a bit of warm-up doing a couple of drills that you're allowed to see because what they don't want you to do is obviously film the stuff that they're going to use against their opposition yeah. basically but what was really cool about it so after after the practice you're allowed to go back down again and you can at that point grab players to have yeah short interviews with or it's a bit of a media scrum and that's the bit i, I i'm not claustrophobic but i hate it <laughs> because you just the, the player might walk right up to you or you might have to go to kind of where they are depending on where they've just been brought by their pr person and then that's it it's one literally came right up to me and that was it elbows in your face microphones right in your face like it is yeah it's an ex- it's an experience but it's fascinating to hear kind of how the coaches feel about it all how the players are feeling about it all and it's also interesting hearing the kind of questions that get asked so certainly for the falcons practice I don't remember there being much in the way of American media. It was very much British media. And there was a lot of questions like around, like, what are you going to be doing whilst you're here? Do you have time off to go explore London and things like that? So that was cool. And then game one, going to the actual game day itself. This is at Wembley. So the media room is just, it's it's basically like a little, I suppose, cafe in a way. Um, and then you go down to like where your seats are. What's quite good about that room is you can see the field from there. So if I am running up to get a cup of tea, I'm not missing out on anything, which is good. And you are, you're exposed to the elements, you're exposed, the fans are around you. So it, it's a very interesting dynamic, certainly for hearing how things are and still being in the atmosphere, which I think is really good. Game two was Bill's Jags. So by this point, the Jags have been here. I think by the time the game came around, they'd been here for 10 days. Yeah. And so that was interesting because that gave them the time to be able to bond as a team, to settle into the time zone because whilst the research is there to say it doesn't really affect it i think it's pretty sure it's pretty clear to me that it does so it was interesting certainly for me to be able to hear that consistency of post-game presser on game one and hearing them again in the build-up and the post-game presser of game two i actually managed to ask doug peterson a question of like do you think that being there for the 10 days has helped you guys bond more as a team he really like seemed to like enjoy that question and really kind of happily answer it, if that makes sense. But I really enjoyed just having that consistency of hearing the team two weeks in a row and just hearing how those, I suppose, answers may or may not have changed as well. Because you, we've pretty much had the same players both both times, so that was quite that was quite cool. I could definitely tell at the end of game two, like they were in a rush to go and get on that flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was I'm definitely just, a lot I'm, shorter I mean, than the previous. <laughs> just curious and interested about sort of in, in a way, is there any insight into what the players really think? Because I can imagine that, you know, you, you hear all a, a lot of the media and they're all like, yeah, it's great. We love coming over. And, and you wonder whether or not that's just a PR factory that's just churning out. You've got to say it. We've got to sell yeah. shirts. We've got to promote the brand. But actually, do they really think that? Or is it just this PR machine yeah. that is just churning out the answers? So this was what was interesting. So bear in mind game two, the Bills fans, they turned up. It felt like it did for for me for the first time as a fan, whatever, it felt like a genuine 
home game. And so asking the players kind of how how it felt from a sound point of view, I think they were a little bit more honest this time in that they they felt they they knew the bills were loud, they knew the bills had turned up. I think they know they know very well that we are as a fan base, Mick, we we probably don't get loud when they want us to get loud and then we we shout and scream at everything. So we get excited when special teams put it off. Like we there are things that just wouldn't normally happen at home for them, but that happen when yeah. they recognize that. So I, I definitely think that's been interesting. I didn't feel like I was getting the the PR answer. I felt like I was getting a genuine response yeah. from some of them. So yeah, that has definitely been fascinating to kind of hear that. Yeah, we, we I don't think we're hearing any more the what we want to hear. I mean, the Jags have been coming here for a long time now, so it does. Yes. Yeah. They're a lot more familiar with it. So, yeah, it's definitely been interesting to hear kind of their their view on it, really, yeah. So do, so do you think, I mean, you, you just mentioned that the Jags have been coming here for a, a number of years and obviously, yeah. you know, they were the first team effectively to not have a franchise over here, but, you know, they, they yeah. were willing to give up some of their home games. Do you feel as though the fact that they've been coming now for, for a significant amount of time that when the Jags play, it feels like a Jags home game or just still feel as though the novelty is loads of other teams' fans still go and therefore it's like a, almost like an NFL game as opposed to a Jags game? Uh, do you know, it's really interesting that because I feel like this year is the first year I've noticed more Jags fans than ever. Right. Um, I mean, that's inevitably going to happen anyway, but they do travel well, so fair play on that front. But I think the UK is always going to be the UK. I would be... Unless, for example, we got a franchise, I don't ever see the stadium being just two colours. It's yeah. always going to be mixed until, for example, a franchise may or may not happen. Because if you think about it, we're just all excited as fans to be able to go to a game. So we're always going to wear our own colours. That's always going to happen. But I don't know, it'd be interesting if, if a franchise does or doesn't happen. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, let, let's talk about that actually, because. If you said to me a year ago, I'd have been like, that's never going to happen. Like the pipe dreams kind of, I, I mean, they used to talk, the NFL used to talk about it a lot. And then I felt like for, for a couple of years, it had gone very, very quiet almost. But if the rumors are that Jacksonville doesn't want to, like the, the the city or state or whatever, I don't know if it is, doesn't want to pay for the stadium. To me, that makes the franchise in the UK a lot more possible. I could, I could like now feels like the only time I could actually see that happening. If they get the stadium in Jacksonville, it's it's unlikely that they'll they'll have a franchise in the UK unless suddenly another team shows interest in that. But it could be interesting. I mean, the Jags have just done two games in a row. They can now see that that works. Could it be that they then do three games in a row next year? And then if, for example, the franchise was to work, they would probably do three or four games in one row, have a short break, and then come back for another four, three, four games, however they end up choosing to do it. But could be interesting. Well, can I just yeah. ask, when you say yeah. franchise in the UK, do you mean a team that is in the same leagues but is based in London or Manchester or yeah. whatever? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So ex exactly that. So... The best way to look at say say it is the Jack the yeah Jacksonville because they are their East Coast aren't they they're not quite like New York East Coast but they're certainly on the East Coast in that respect so 
that's the only way that it would work. It would have to be East Coast Troom's Tavern because they already travel that amount of time to go to the West Coast anyway. So they'd have to play it in a certain kind of way. But yeah, it would it would mean them moving over. So potentially becoming the London Jaguars. I can't. I, I was chatting to Ben Isaacs, who's a who writer the other day, and um, we were trying to work out like, what would they be called. Because I was thinking, oh, maybe they'd just be called the UK Jags. But no, they, I think London, despite being a northerner and so against it, <laughs> London as <laughs> a word, it sells, it sells. So I could see yeah. it being, if anything, yeah, the London Jaguars, yeah. <laughs> you see, see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I suppose, curious to, to one, and interesting now, just listen to what you've said, Liz, about you wonder whether or not, Jacksonville won't have the franchise and actually they just move the whole franchise and, and it's based in London. I, mm. I just sort of made an assumption that if there was going to be a team from London, it would be part of a uh, an expansion programme where they would invite two, three, four more teams and you might have a Canadian-based team and you might yeah. have a London-based team and they just become an addition to the NFL. I, I never really thought about actually an existing NFL franchise just up sticks and li- yeah. move into London. I mean, the obvious one is the Jags. I mean, the, yeah. they, they've been here for ages and obviously you've got the owner of the Jags owns Fulham. So, you know, that, that's yeah. a tie in there. But I, I, it's interesting because actually that that didn't strike me at all when the, the rumour yeah. mill was that actually we, we were going to have a franchise. I just made an assumption it, it would just be part of an expansion programme and you would have yeah. effectively a new franchise. And with that comes... I suppose the pitfalls of the last time there was an expansion, the Jags was it were part of that last expansion, and all of a sudden, you know, and they sucked for a number of years, um, and actually yeah. now they're, they're they're half decent. But you, you do go through that teething phase where actually your team is rubbish, and what yeah. you don't want to do, you don't want, you don't want an expansion team that then is rubbish because then it sort of defeats the object because the team suck. Are you then going to generate yeah. the interest in it, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So yeah. I'm fascinated by that point of view because I'd, I'd actually never thought of that. Yeah, because yeah, I think that's what's interesting. Like, it'd be so. Say the Jags do over. Like, my what's always sits in the back of my head is like, is that sustainable? Is yeah. that going to sell out every single week? I almost think, in a way, that's why they've done up at some points done the three and four games because it'd be interesting to see if it does actually work. And then there's the other side of it: do they become, for example, the European Jaguars, and do they? do the three games in London, the two games in Germany, what ultimately is going to be announced for Spain. It's yeah. just mm-hmm. all kind of coming. It's it's an interesting one of whether the European League comes back. For some reason, I just don't I just don't see it. For example, exactly what you said in the sense of, yeah, they'll suck for a while. I just, maybe in 10 plus years time, I just don't see it right now. I just, yeah, because I just sort of wonder, is it actually sustainable? I mean, we've got things like, the XFL that have tried. We've got the CFL in Canada and things like that. And they're just, they don't compete. So anything that needs to come has to be the NFL. Yeah. But is it going to have the same, I suppose, the same love and attention? Is it going to have the same atmosphere? If they do, for example, have a, yeah, four new teams, if you will. I don't know. It's a really interesting one. I don't know. It sounds harsh, but I just don't know if, if Europe has the talent. Oh. It's certainly coming. I was going to say, how, how would it? I'm just trying to think how that would work because if if one team came to London, that's that's fine for them when they're playing their home games. But 
but all the other teams then got to fly between eight and eleven hours to play the game. Yeah. And 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 if you, what about the fans? I mean, if if Arsenal decided actually they were going to move to uh, Seattle, <laughs> and yeah. uh, that was then going to be the home stadium, I mean that's just not going to fly, is it? I mean, isn't that oh, just yeah. the same it's, with the NFL? It, it's it's happened many times before. If you think about San Diego, San Diego Chargers moving to LA, you think about. The other teams that have done that, so Oakland Raiders to Las Vegas, and this happens all the time. It happens when essentially the government locally doesn't want to pay for the stadium, or there's they've got a better offer elsewhere. It some reason it happens more. We can't even fathom that in Premier League. Like it's just it's not even a thing. It would it would cause so much crap, wouldn't it? Like imagine Liverpool is a prime example. Years ago. There was rumours that Liverpool were going to potentially move their stadium to Warrington because they could join it with someone else. But I just, it would never, it would never go down well. I know Liverpool's not even far from Warrington, but you can't take that out from the local community. You just, no. you just can't. Yeah. But we saw it with if, Wimbledon, didn't we? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and it killed them. You know, yeah, they, they became the MK Dons, and Wimbledon fans yeah. just absolutely refused to watch them. We, we, we just yeah. can't, as UK sports fans. We just, and it would be the same in America, I assume, you know, the uproar. We just can't, because it's never happened, we just can't comprehend uprooting a whole team and just moving and just moving, you know, almost halfway across the country, just saying, well, actually, you know, we haven't got a team. And, well, you know, it's like Las Vegas, obviously, the Raiders have moved there. They didn't have a team. The Raiders have gone, right, we're going to move from from L.A. and we're going to go to Las Vegas. And it's like the whole thing. It's like they just pick up the whole everything, just just the the whole, not just the team. It's like the stadium, the team, the franchise, everything just just up sticks and moves. And it's like all of a sudden you generate this huge brand new fan base and all of a sudden, like, the Las Vegas Raiders have got, like, 90,000 people wanting to go every week and it's it's bloody bonkers. I think that, that... That's where it's slightly different, isn't it, in there, moving it within the States. But like Dave, if you imagine that, like the question you asked about teams that are travelling over there, imagine being a Jaguars fan based in Florida and all of a sudden yeah. your team have like moved, you know, not just to another state but to another country. You know, it would be yeah. heartbreaking. It's yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, but, 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 you think, but you think travelling from, from, you know, let's say Jacksonville or, or, or from Miami, which may be, or maybe just an East Coast house or somewhere like, the, you know, the Giants or the Jets. The, the, the distance it takes from them to travel from there to London is probably less than it is from them to travel to go and play Seattle, you know, yeah. which is like top, top left, you know, sort of yeah. northwest almost. So, yeah. And I take your point though, Dave, the, the Jags playing at home, and, and this is how the, the logistics wouldn't work because you might say, well, the Jags would play two or three home games on the run to stop them traveling, but the teams that play against the Jags would still have to travel. And, and yeah, I, I just don't. As much as I would love to see it, I just don't see it. No, I think I think you know we've covered off a lot of the reasons there why it wouldn't work. I I wonder as well, like you say, if we look at the fan base in the UK, as you said, you'll sell those stadiums out. You can sell them out three weeks running, no problem, and it's an absolute mm-hmm. nightmare to get a ticket because there's people who are missing out right <laughs> left and centre. Yeah. Are they Jags fans though? Are they Steelers fans? Yeah. Are they Bears exactly fans? That. Are they yeah. Seahawks fans? Yeah. Like, would yeah. you sell? Would you sell just to Jaguars fans? And you'd sell to the away do, team. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. 
Chelsea the away team. Like I can just see it now. For for example, we've already had this, but say Green Bay come over, that will set because everyone who's a Green Bay fan in the UK will want to go get the opportunity. Like in a way, it if you think about how the games are now, it's it's teams of every single jersey. If they went down the route of having the eight home games here and they had the different teams that, you know, fans want to go see, I can see it very much being Jags fans, maybe 30% of it, and then everyone else being Green Bay, just because of who they are, how often they've been over, which is now once. It's just one of those things, it's 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 interesting. And they know that the two the two thirty m the two thirty pm kickoff, they know it works. They know that teams can travel over on Friday morning and leave Sunday night because they've done it several times now, certainly from a, an, an away team perspective. There's just quite a few little factors that I think the NFL's experimented with. They see it works and would make that their thing. When Ben and I were chatting about this the other day, I just don't see the viability of a Thursday night or a Monday night football game. It just There's no way you'd be able to play in Tottenham at 1am in the morning. Like it just, it's never going to happen. It would only, it could only ever be a Sunday game. And then that starts to go into the rules of, well, then would that be fair? Because they've always got the advantage of a Sunday, whereas the team they might be playing has just played, just played Monday night and now they're playing again on Sunday. So I don't know. It's really interesting. There's, there's a lot of things that make me think it's doable, and then there's a couple of things that you think, mm, but then then that's an issue. So I don't know. It's interesting. But I think the NFL's done what they've done for a reason so far. And I feel like it is doable. <laughs> the, the, the people that run the game, you know, they're, they're very intelligent people. They, they yeah. don't suffer fools. You know, they make the decisions, as you just said, Liz, you know, that the half past two game works. Yeah. The, the, the travel schedule works. The logistics yeah. work. And, and and they don't they do not do these things on a whim that they, they yeah, do their due diligence. Yeah. They, 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 they do think about these things. And yeah. I, I just, I, I'm with you, Liz. I think, I think if, if you had, you know, if you had a team from London and they, they played eight home games, whatever it may be, yeah. I, I, I think, so for me, I'd go and watch one of the games, but I wouldn't yeah. stop supporting the Bears. I'd go and perhaps Absolutely. watch one. Yeah. And, and the, the, for me, the, there's no, there's no buy-in to go and watch eight of the home games now if you're a Jags fan yeah, yeah great but are there yeah. enough Jags yeah. fans to then sell eight yeah. times Jags tickets for home games and, That's it, and I think yeah. as, as you, you see if the Bears came over all of the Bears from the U- UK but not just the UK because you'd get Bears fans from France and from Germany and from Spain yeah. they would come over because it's much more accessible to them yeah. than it That's is to true. go to the States so I think you're right Liz in as much as it would almost be a Jags home game, but it wouldn't be a home game. It'd be an away game because actually yeah. 70% of the stadium will be filled with their opponent's shirts because yeah. they've come all the way from Europe just to see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. I suppose in a way, it's like anything. It takes time to build, doesn't it? So if this happens, say the Jags, they move over next year, whatever, 10 years' time, there will be a big Jags franchise just because they're here. But yeah. for us, as loyal, long-term fans, like we are not going to change our teams. We're just... No. They might become our second team, or as someone else has said, they're one and a half team. Like, it's yeah. all doable, but we, us here right now, we are not the market for the Jags. We are not that market. We are not the market for the NFL. We 
we already, they already have our money. We have look at the jerseys. Like we we spent our money with the NFL. They're after the new fans. They're trying to get new people into the sport yeah. and in that respect, build the Jaguar fan base because the Jags are over here as a team now. Like the the NFL UK team from a couple of years ago, they work for Jaguars UK now. So yeah. there's definitely an investment from the Jaguars. Whether that becomes a franchise over here, we don't know, but it feels like the you know the playing pieces are all there ready to go. It does, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. And like I said, I don't see people switching allegiances. I think that would be their yeah. biggest challenge. But yeah. one thing that would be less of a challenge in terms of the logistics of it, in terms of the games, would, is, would be if we were to have an entire European conference because those sort of teams will be paying, playing something between, I think, 11 and 12 of their mm-hmm. games would be based in Europe. All their home games would be in Europe. Yeah. If it's a European franchise, the three away games, would, you know, three of their away games would be in Europe. There'd be a challenge for people coming over here for sure. But I think logistically that would work a little bit better. And I wonder, like you say, with the announcement of the Spanish game coming next year, we think Germany having a couple of games, you know, and actually, you know, I think the Dolphins chief game is probably the pick of the bunch that's happening in the international series. We we were desperate to try and get tickets to that. And they sold out in seconds, I can tell you, because we tried to get tickets to that one. I I think you might be right. I, I just wonder about, again, again, it goes back to what Liz said a minute ago about the fairness of it. So if you had a new conference, for example, and you had, yeah. and I'll, I'll use the phrase, the London Monarchs, the Rhine Fire, the Amsterdam, whatever they were called, I can't remember. But if you had that, it then goes back to, okay, well, they might play each other in the European conference, but the teams that then play against them because you're going to have to have some teams, the existing NFL team. So who plays against them? And actually, because they will suck for the first however long, and because similar to the old was it world NFL, whatever it's called, it, they're basically like college kids or free agents or whatever. They then become the whipping boys. So then the, the NFL teams that do play them almost get a walkover because they get an easy W. So therefore, you look at, again at the fairness of, the rotor in terms of who plays them. And I take your point, you come over and you play London, you play Rheinfire, you play Amsterdam, and you play three or four of your away games over a two-week period in Europe and you fly back to the States. I get that. It For me, it's just the fairness of who gets to play those teams. And is it only the Eastern Conference team? So like your New Yorks, like your Miamis maybe, is it only them? Or are you expecting the Seattle to come all the way over? At some point, I, I just, have to. And the, yeah. the way it's worked out is, you know what I mean. I can't, I can't figure out how it's worked out. Let's be honest. We, we, you know, we, we don't find out whether it's like an eight-year road or whatever. No, it's exactly, or away yeah. or whatever. It is, yeah. we, can, we can never figure it out or fathom it. But you, so you're right. Some would have like, but that's the way it is now. Some teams suck now. But if you think about it from the European Conference point of view, there's going to be four teams there which probably will just suck terribly. But one of them's going to make the playoff, two of them potentially. You know what I mean? The wild card and what have you. It's 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 a it's an interesting selling point from that aspect. I, 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 I like it to grow the game. I, I just I, I just wonder whether that might be a step too far. Well, I mean, obviously in thirty years' time we might get it, but yeah. I, I just think it might be a step too far at the moment. I don't. Know. Yeah, I've got I got a couple of points, and they're, 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 they're slightly different. But if you had the one team over here in the franchise, what's going happen with the draft when the American poster boy finds out he's going to live in London 
And a second question is if you go for this European conference, which I, I don't understand at all, other than there'll be more teams in Europe, do you think actually it's going to need momentum at grassroots level to actually support that long term? And American football isn't a line or football where you can just two jumpers and a football. You know, you need an awful lot of kit to pay at any decent standard. And that's that's a massive yeah. curve to get over to get any traction, isn't it? Yeah, then that's why they've invested so heavily in the NFL Academy. You know, we are seeing British players accepting their their college teams now. So it is starting to happen for sure. They just did, I think they just did two games back to back with like American high schools and they won both those games. So to be British guys playing against kids who've played football their entire life, to win those two games, I think that tells me that the talent here is good. But like you say, it needs it needs that momentum. It's it's you know, it's just starting at that grassroots level. It's just about to become more. I mean, you've got you've got the whole Baffa League in the UK, haven't you? You've got your college teams, your university teams, even yeah. who are brilliant, and you've got the European League itself of Baffa that you know do really well like you say though is that gonna mean we've got the talent across europe to do that and can they compete with america i don't know that's the tough one uh, yeah i mean to, to be honest dave you make a great point i mean the the, the whole draft system i yeah. suppose you know that that's again for somebody who knows very little about the nfl it's quite an insightful question because <laughs> <laughs> it actually opens that was a up. backhanded compliment. <laughs> it actually, it actually opens up, you know, because it does. Because the number one guy in college is like, "Woo, where am I going?" It's like, oh, "Actually, going to Amsterdam." What? How does that work? Yeah. Like, oh, I think we might be a bit happy about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, but, but you, you take my point, and then all of a sudden, then so how do you fill these teams? And if 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 the talent in Europe isn't there yet, do you fill those teams with, as I said five minutes ago? college players, free agents, journeymen, yeah. at which point it just becomes the old world league or whatever it was like 30 years yeah. ago or whatever, 20 years ago. And, it, and it's the same thing just rehashed. And and the, the draft is a, is a great question. I, and yeah. I genuinely don't, don't know the answer. You know, the, the, the number one poster where you imagine like Mahomes a few years ago, or whatever thinking, well, where am I going to end up? I'm going to end up in Berlin. I mean, yeah. fair enough. Berlin's a, yeah. not that I've been, but by all accounts is a great place, you know, but he ends up there, and then it's like, well, I'm going there. Who else? Who else is coming? It's like, oh god, I yeah. know you've got some Tom, Dick, and Harry from yeah. wherever. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is an interesting aspect of it. It'd be worse than going to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not many worse things, I don't think. But there's not many worse things. There isn't. So I think what we're effectively saying there is, as fantastic as it is as a spectacle now. This is probably the best that we should ever hope for is really two or three games a year, isn't it, to look forward to? And it's probably the yeah. model that makes the most sense, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I just, you know when I think about it, it makes it interesting. So look at the UK. We've got three games right now. Germany's had got two. They had one last year. Are they about to have three? Is Spain, if that get announced, is that about to have two? There's also the Mexico. idea of Ireland. Well, Mexico already yeah. has them. That's it, exactly. That's, Mexico's yeah, like, that's it, yeah. Also, doesn't it? So I think it it just gets more and more interesting. I mean, I didn't even think that Spain was on the cards, but then the stadium, is it Real Madrid Stadium's got the retractable pitch? I mean, it's pretty obvious yeah. Yeah. that it, it's going down that route. Well, Germany started South, with one game. 
Sorry, Liz. That's got to be self-limiting, yeah, though, hasn't it? That's got to be self-limiting because three here, three here, three here, three here, yeah. three here, and there's none left in America. <laughs> right, exactly. That's it. And I think this is the interesting part. So sport is saturated in America. Like there's so many sports competing with with things. You've got basketball and baseball. They're all just as big, I think, as, as American football. They, I feel, are trying to target more areas. So you've got the official accounts for NFL in China and Australia. Don't see games happening there other than, say, a exhibition-style game just because time zone, the travel, it's just, it's, I think, too much. But it just feel like the market is saturated for them in America, so they're yeah. trying to make more money from Europe, just like any other business would. And it's working because we're all so desperate for a game. Like, I remember when Germany first got announced, and I was very much of the mindset, like, oh, I'm not going to try and go for Germany tickets because I don't think it's fair on the Germany fans. Of course, as soon as tickets came available, like, I wanted yeah. them to like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get them. Never been. <laughs> and the same's going to happen with Spain as well. But you you are right. Like, at, at what point? I think this almost goes into, like, teams are... Fans already hate that they're losing a home game of their team. Yeah. Yeah. It's very expensive for them to then come over. Interestingly, I think the Bears have got nine home games next year. So I think the Bears are going to be the team that plays in Spain as a home game, potentially. Woo! Madrid, here we come, baby! Madrid 2024 winner! <laughs> Let's go! Here first, ladies and gents, you heard it here first. That's interesting, though, that. Yeah, mm. so it's it's interesting to see how it's evolving. It's interesting to see what's going to happen. We never know how it's going to go. We never get kind of you know that much insight, but we know it. We know it can work. So it'll be I, I was going to say, do, do you get do you get here do you hear whispers in terms of and and how far ahead? I suppose do they plan schedules? I mean, I know obviously the team schedules for next year will probably be out already because. The, the yeah. logistics just in terms of shifting that amount of gear and that amount, you know, you've got, well, your hotels and your transport and your travel and your bags. And when you think about it, you think, Christ, it's like a massive operation. Oh, but yeah. you have to plan ahead. So I wonder whether or not the sort of I... what 24, 25 schedule, is that almost thought of already? And do, do, the, you know, do you guys in the media, do you get a little whisper? Do you get... We get nothing. We get, we find out when everyone else finds out. Um... Really? Really? Yeah, so we, we definitely don't get any whispers on that front. Interestingly, though, and I don't know if this is a, is a clue or not. So when I reached out to a particular NFL team, so I'm not gonna not gonna mention them because I don't want to get in trouble. But when I reached out to a particular team earlier this year, so probably around summer, to ask them, for, "Can I have an interview with one of your one of your players or your coaches?" They were like, "Not on this occasion, but hopefully we'll be in London next year, and then we can set something up then." So. I mean, what an interesting comment to make. Because if you just yeah. didn't want to do the interview, you could have said something else. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> so you're not I do feel like that. they know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I won't know. I won't know that until those games get announced. And if if it does, then I'll know that it was it was a, a clue. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. They they must know. They must yeah. know to an extent because they know already. As far as I know, they know already who they're playing. They just yeah. don't necessarily know when. Who, who's given up? Yeah, and the, and I don't think yeah. they would know who's given up 
the who who is prepared to give up the home games. I suppose there's there's a yeah. lot of I suppose negotiation in terms of well we know the Bears are playing the Steelers we're not but we know the Bears are playing the Steelers and then it's like well yeah. if neither of us are prepared to give up a home game then you go to a different two franchise and go well are you are either of you prepared to give up your home game no yeah. well are you two and so on and so on and so on until yeah. you get to one team that goes well we'll give up one of ours ah right okay we can work with that now how does it work sort of thing yeah but there's rules isn't there I think I'm sure yeah. so if you for example want a stadium or if you want yeah, if you want a new stadium or, for example, you want to host a Super Bowl, I'm sure there's rules. I can't remember this, but I'm sure there's things like you have to play a game in London to do this. And So, I don't yeah. know, it's an interesting one. There's definitely a lot of like little factors that are involved in it all, but it is interesting. Like, yeah, I would love to... I'd love... To, I mean, there's definitely videos out there, but I would love to see how on earth this schedule is decided and <laughs> yeah. things like that. Like, there's... Yeah, maybe there's it's a part, lot, of, the, I think a lot it's more part of the draft. It's part of the draft process that yeah. you don't actually see. Already. Yeah, the, the, like, the, the trading top it. picks for avoiding playing in London. <laughs> I'll go to London. Could be possible. You give me the top pick. <laughs> mm, probably Could not. Be. An interesting theory, though, Dave. You should have just thought with the last one, which was a really good one. Oh, <laughs> but that's a fair point, though, because they do know they know the Super Bowl for the next few years. They know the, where yeah. the draft is located for the next few years. They they must have the like yeah. schedules for the next few years lined up also. But, but again, it, it it's interesting because if they have the schedules lined up and the, the teams maybe don't know whether they're going to London or Madrid or wherever it may be. Yeah. At some point, there has to be some marketing and the the, the whole marketing sort of side of the NFL has to get its ass in gear and go to Madrid and then start yeah. marketing it in Madrid. So how far in advance yeah. does that happen? Because you're not just going to announce the game and then, you know, a month later, bang, there you go. Because there's all the stuff, that there's the posters, there's yeah. printing, there's all of the, the merchandise so and everything involved. around it. So so when does that yeah. happen? And surely there are people in the know that are maybe doing, I don't know, printing stuff that have got Madrid 2024 or five on it, whatever yeah. already. That you think, God, you know, they must non disclosure agreements and all sorts of stuff. Because if they're tight lipped about it, you know, there, there has to be yeah. people have to know already. Yeah, it's yeah, back in the stadium, so. isn't it? Like, for example, when it comes to like concerts, like they've got that stadium booked months, if not yeah. a good year in advance. So I assume oh, yeah. the same Easily, yeah. with sport, yeah. And but I suppose that's an interesting point because the NFL released what was it a year or two ago the whole you are now allowed to market in that country there was whole rules around which teams got which places so maybe that's also a clue of who's gonna yeah. get investment over there because everywhere around the route the, the the world if you will has a team individuals have teams that they support and then they follow so are those teams just capitalizing on the most fans in that area, because I think the 49ers, yeah. sure, they're the UK. I think the Bears are also the same. But that's because, again, there's a lot of history with those teams and with viewership in the UK. So, you know, is that a part of it all as well? There's, there's, we, we've got more questions than answers, haven't we, guys? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And, that's, and I think it will <laughs> remain that way for a while. I think the, the I talk think so, might yeah. die down. 
Yeah, and the talk might die down like it has, but it'll pick back yeah. up again, you know, the more popular yeah. it gets. And, and that's the one thing that hasn't changed. It's continuing, continuing to get more popular within the UK. Yeah. So just out of interest, and you've been to the Spurs Stadium, something I'll never do as an Arsenal fan, so I'll only ever go to Wembley. <laughs> I won't put money in Daniel Levy's pocket. But what's <laughs> it like then? Because that one was built with the idea of hosting yeah. NFL games. Yeah, so as stadiums go, it's pretty impressive. So the way that the stadium's been built, the, the, the sound circulates around it really, really well. And I'm pretty sure the new Bill Stadium is based on the the same stadium as Tottenham. So that's wow. quite interesting in itself. But yeah, it is a, it's a fascinating stadium. Comparing it to Wembley, I mean, it just... I, I like Wembley because there's more space. But Tottenham's in the middle of a housing estate. Like, you don't have the space to play with it. But it is a very, very cool stadium. Very high-tech. Very nicely done. So, yeah, respect on that front. Like, I, I know what you mean from a... I refuse to step foot in it from being an Arsenal fan. Like, I'm sure if there was a game in Liverpool, there's absolutely no way my husband would even dare step foot in there for the United <laughs> fans. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. that definitely plays as a factor for football fans. Depends what's bigger. You love if the Steelers play in um, Tottenham, are you going to not go? Dude, if the Steelers are playing the Bears at Tottenham Stadium, you're going. Oh, no, I'm I, telling you. Yeah, for yeah, just, the Steelers, I'd, I'd, I'd break something while I was there. <laughs> <laughs> 220 quid's worth of damage. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so fascinating because I don't think, other than the logo on the outside of the stadium and obviously the the walkway at the top with the logo again kind of on there, the bird, whatever on earth that is. Um you wouldn't know that you were you wouldn't know it's a Tottenham game. You would yeah. you would you it feels like the signs are all done very well. You know it's a London NFL game. So it's quite quite interesting. It's disguised in some kind of way that you could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's just that it it it's your it's your TV screens, it's your wraparound yeah. and entertainment and your yeah. lights and your lighting. And it's, I think, I'm, I think I'm right saying it, at Tottenham, it's like a 360 on the inside, isn't it? So it wraps yes. around the whole of the inside of the stadium. So yeah. similar to some now American football, if I might be saying it's SoFi Stadium, I think maybe has that as well. You know, so it's literally a 360 sort of thing and you've yeah. got screens all over the place for your, you know, for, for instant replays and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I would quite like to go and see it because it is meant to be cool. And when you buy a beer, apparently they fill the beer up from the bottom. So I'm not quite sure how that works, but I'm fascinated yeah. by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does look interesting. So we normally keep these episodes to round about an hour. So we are at the hour mark now, for, for those of you confused <laughs> as to why I may have just said that. Uh, so... Before we go then, before we say goodbye, first of all, thank you very much for to freeing up an hour of your time to share your opinion and your love for the sport <laughs> with us. We really enjoyed it, haven't we, guys? Yeah, I mean, I said right at the start of the podcast, I love talking NFL. I love talking NFL with somebody that genuinely loves and understands and knows the NFL probably to a massive extent more than we do. So, Liz, you know, it's been great to have you on. You know, we would love, we say this to not all of our guests, but, you know, some of our guests, we'd love to have you on again just to discuss some of the things that, that we've spoken about in perhaps a little bit more detail, if you do get the odd little bit of yeah. inside information and bits of nugget, you know, talk again, you know, particularly you brought the broadcasting media point of view, you know, that that would be fascinating again to, to go into. So just a big thank you for me, really. It's like I said, we love talking about the NFL. I, lo- I, I really enjoyed a, a different perspective on it. And I think next time, I, and I know we spoke about it a lot, but really explore that European conference because i think we've got some unanswered questions there so yeah, yeah i can't wait to the next time really and and if you're prepared to we would love to have you 
back on again talking yeah. about what we love. Yeah. yeah Sounds absolutely. good. <laughs> we, we can share the story of how we got our press passes and then how they were shortly <laughs> afterwards revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, have you got what have you got a lot out of this one? Uh, yeah, um, thanks, Liz. It's it's interesting because you know, like the last episode when it's like we're doing NFL, and as as the guys have made abundantly clear, I know I did know nothing about it. But last time I learned quite <laughs> a lot about the mechanics of the actual game. I still don't understand the tactics, the players, and the teams' names, or where they come from, or any other history or anything <laughs> like that. But now I know a lot more about the the way they franchise and play games um, in in the UK and, and and elsewhere in Europe and what they're looking to do. So from that point of view, it's yeah. it's really interesting. So yeah, enjoyed oh, it. Oh, good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> we just need to get him watching a game, don't we? Yeah, it'd be we great to get, get him watching a game. game. Absolutely, <laughs> get him get him involved in the Rasmataz. Indeed, I just watch the highlights. So, you can watch the highlights. It's a good place to start. Yeah, get yourself on. I Red do Zone. actually. To be fair, I actually watch on on the BBC Sport. So, do they, is it the top the top ten plays? Is, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. BBC, yeah, the like BBC that? Sport. Do, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I do actually occasionally watch that, and, it, and it's you know, okay, so it's normally the same. Some guy throws the ball under his legs. Somebody catches it. He throws it really far. <laughs> somebody else catches it, and then cheers. Um, yeah, that's about right. But but it, you know. It's talented stuff to do. Occasionally someone catches the ball and runs quite far with it, but mostly they catch it and throw it. But, um, <laughs> the NFL yeah. for a brand new generation there, folks. Yeah. That's, 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 that's quite good. There's a future in sports commentary for you. <laughs> just, he's not really the, the, yeah. the David Coleman of the NFL or whatever, yeah. is he? Yeah, some bloke just caught it. He ran quite a long way and then yeah. spiked it on the ground for six points. Yeah, happy yeah. days. What's going on? I'm not sure. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. You do, Absolutely. you do. You do. So, Liz, did you want to tell our listeners where they can find you online and the different podcasts and the different other things that you do? Yeah. So I have a blog at nflgilluk.com and then I have three podcasts. So one is called Cleats Off, which is the football boot. That is generally interviews with players, media personalities and more. So it kind of gives you a bit of an insight I suppose in some ways to a day in the life of what an NFL player has to go through. Then there is End Zone Scoop, which is myself, a Scottish lady called Shona, and a lady who is based in Kansas City Chiefs. We're all Seahawks fans, but we don't just talk about Seahawks. We talk about what's happened that week or the week before. And then the final one is Her Huddle. So that's a it's a Sky Sports podcast which we are on as kind of like as like a chatty pod, we call it. But there's also a TV show that Hannah Wilkes hosts and interviews kind of women around the NFL. It's just, it's great. Again, another another show that gives insight to things. So those are the three podcasts I have. And yeah, you can find me on social media at NFL Girl UK, which is just where my name is. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah, so and it is consistent across all platforms as well. But something that yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 it certainly is. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, somebody already <laughs> taking Tallboy Radio on Instagram. Swines. Yeah. We'll have them. It's we'll so have hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think because thankfully I was around early enough to get the name in. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's when we had Pigskin Podcast on, that's funny enough. One of the things that they said, they had, you know, they had this grand design of what they wanted to get out of it. 
but they obviously they've seen what you've done and and same as us look on with you know with great respect and envy so fair play to everything that you've done <laughs> and achieved and no doubt we'll go on to achieve more as well thank you so, yeah. <laughs> so did you so should we say our goodbyes to our listeners Liz, we'll let you say goodbye to our listeners first then we'll go around the room yeah thanks for having me guys it's been really great yeah <laughs> cool Gaza? Yeah, echo what I said a couple of minutes ago. Absolutely loved it. Loved talking to the NFL. Fascinating just to chat to Liz, insight into a slightly different side of the NFL. Can't wait to to have her back on and, and talk some more, more American football. Indeed, indeed, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Liz. It's been educational. <laughs> and I will say thank you on behalf of all three of as well. Thank you on behalf of our listeners. Thank you for everybody who's commented as well. And Thank you for all who will go and listen to it when we release it on audio, which I think releases the day before Halloween. So I wish everybody a happy Halloween and say good night <laughs> and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.